Right now on the Power Chord Hour, thanks for tuning in, whether you're listening on the radio show on 107.9 WRFA, listening on the podcast, however you're listening, thank you very much for tuning in to another year of the show. We have our first guest of the year on this one. I'm welcoming back to the show Maddie Grace of the band Cluttered. The uh, band recently released their latest EP, Transgender Dystopia Blues, and on top of that, I mean, Maddie has an insane amount to start 2023. We're just talking about it, and right now... I feel like January can be kind of quiet, not for Maddie, starting the year off strong. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Maddie, how you doing? I'm good. How are, uh, how are you? It's been a minute since we talked. It, it really has. It's been a, it's been a little while, but uh, it's I've, been a I've been year. good. Yeah, that is insane. I was thinking about that earlier. It has been yeah. almost a year, which I guess is, is the, uh, the pressing question. I mean, since talking to you almost a year ago. You know, last time you were on, it was you and uh, Chris from Talk Show Host. We were talking about the uh, enemy you split, or enemy us, I'd say. And, yeah. uh, I mean, the big question, did Cluttered and Talk Show Host since then ever get a chance to cover those songs live together? Did that ever happen since yes. we last spoke? It yeah, did. We, uh, we, uh, we played Pooza, Pooza Fest in Montreal last year. Both bands, Cluttered, were, or uh, Talk Show Host, were opening basically opening the festival and we got in and I sang 72 hours with them. Uh, nice. and they were like, where no one knows my name was a little shaky. And I was like, okay, but I was playing solo. So I was like, I'll play where no one knows my name during my solo set. And then, uh, cluttered did our full set and did the two songs with Chris. And so we did enemy us. Pooza 2022 was the year of enemy us. Nice. Yeah. That was, I, I was hoping it was going to happen and, uh, it did. I will have to, was, I, it was sick. I was like, when we did 72 hours, I was like, this feels very natural and easy. Like this was, this was so much fun. And like, I think I can't speak for Chris, obviously, but like, I think he had a really good time singing with us. So like, it was pretty fun. Nice. Nice. You know, I, and we kind of, I think we kind of talked a little bit about the history of cluttered last time, but that, it was an interesting thing. I mean, it was you and Chris. So we were kind of talking about, uh, you know, I mean, we were talking about the split and both bands and everything, but like, just a little backstory again on on Cluttered for people who might not be familiar with the band. I mean, how long has uh, Cluttered been around now? How long have, have uh, you been a band? We are okay. Uh, I'll start at the beginning um, <laughs> because it's a little convoluted because we actually formed during a COVID lockdown. Um, friends of mine in Montreal were running a thing called Demo Fest, and Demo Fest was literally a hey, everyone's got a little bit of time on their hands. Maybe we should pull together some projects. And then if everybody contributes, we're going to use the money raised uh, for, I believe it was for Solidarity Across Borders, which is like a, was a thing that provided COVID relief to migrant workers who were not able to qualify for CERB, which was Canadian like government being like, stay inside, here's some money. Um and so we formed during that, uh, Dylan, the drummer and I had, I had, uh, I had performed acoustic at, in his hometown of Sydney, Nova Scotia for a thing called Gobble Fest. And he's, we were talking and he sent me a text and he's like, you know, I hear something in your songs. We should do something. 
And so we had kind of worked on some like solo type songs that have never really come out. Um, and the demo fest came up and I wrote a couple things and I was talking to Danny Bailey from Jabber and we had played when they were doing those like zoom shows, uh, Danny and I had played one with ghost Wright and John Creedon. So we like all kind of became pals. And I think, I think the world of Danny. Um, and so I was like, yo, do you want to do this project? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so I had like programmed drums and like wrote the songs, like the first demo. And then Dylan kind of, I sent it to Dylan and Dylan's like, I can just put drums on this. And I was like, okay. And so he did. And then that's, he did for like, I had two songs written. He put drums on it and I was like, okay, I got to write two more. And then I wrote pandemic year and out of love letter. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty good demo. This is a pretty good, like first, like kick at the can. Um, and so we did that and we weren't playing shows yet. And we had also gotten Becca, Becca Daly, who plays in a band called Book Buddies, but, uh, and Designosaur, but Becca's like my, my number one, like, I, I love Becca to death. Um, and Becca was singing on the cluttered stuff as well. And we just kind of like assembled this haphazard, like home recording band essentially. And when it came time to, we did the second EP and it started to get some traction and like Laura Jane Grace tweeted us and that was wild. And that kind of like sparks a bunch of stuff and like exclaim, which is a Canadian music magazine was paying attention to us. And um, it was, it was kind of a trip. So when it came time to be like, do we want to play shows? Like we got a show offer and we were like, okay, well, what do we want? And I was like, well, Becca's a great bass player and an incredible singer. And Becca's like Becca's co-collaborator, uh, main co-collaborator than me is as AJ, our guitar player. Cause Becca and AJ have a band and then Becca sings on my solo stuff and AJ and Dylan have a band. It's super incestuous. Wow. Like it's very like, like everybody's musically fucking everybody. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just like, it's just a lot. Um, and so that's how, like, I was like Becca and Dylan went AJ and I was like, Oh, that's a, that's a great band. Like let's fucking do that. And so we played our first show uh, at a festival called Sappy Fest in Sackville, New Brunswick. Sappy Fest is like kind of a big indie thing. Um, it was also, um, they, it was still during lockdown. So we actually were one of two bands that performed like live in studio and they were just broadcasting it like that year. So like that is actually on YouTube. Our first show, our first live performance as a band is on YouTube in its entirety. Um, uh, so that's, that's there now you can find that. Um, there's the funny thing is this is the Easter egg. I was chewing gum the whole set and there's a literal, <laughs> I made it to fucking like the second last song or the last song. I made it to out of love letter and I choke on my gum and it sounds like <laughs> my voice cracks, but it's literally me just choking on my gum. Uh, <laughs> You so may like, think you may think her voice is cracking. She's in fact choking on gum. Yeah, you may think that I'm just an inadequate <laughs> singer, but in reality, I almost died. Um, so be nice. Um, so our first show was at Sappy Fest. Our second show was in Newfoundland for a festival called Lanyavanya. 
um and then we played like we didn't play a hometown show until we were getting ready for tour last in like november of 2021 um so we had played around and then we played our first show at this diy space that's really important to me called radstorm um radstorm is like an all ages like no barriers like dry space like very important space in halifax um and I'd much rather support Radstorm than like play at a bar where you're playing for, you know, to sell drinks for the bar so they don't get mad at you and charge you more or whatever. Um, so we did that and then we went on tour and that was when we kind of like, we had made internet friends with Fab from Talk Show Host and Chris from Talk Show Host. And then we went on tour and we played some shows with Talk Show Host and became pals and like actually got to know each other because like i've i've toured a bunch but it was kind of like like aj has toured becca's toured dylan hadn't toured a lot uh and we were like still like super stoked and happy and like having a good time um and so we finished that tour and then towards the end of that year i was really feeling like my time in halifax was kind of like i needed a break living in the East coast as a trans person, like as a transgender person is like pretty taxing and like hard. And I didn't really feel like I was going anywhere. And like, not that you necessarily always need to like have a means to go somewhere, but like, I just, I felt really stagnant and very like I had, I had written a, a bunch of stuff for like a cluttered full length and like a ton of material. And it was all very dark like very, very dark. And I was like, okay, like something's going on with my mental health. I need to make a change. And so early last year, I'm, I relocated to Ottawa for like a residency sort of thing. Um, and then I started a new band here while keeping cluttered going. And then like, I'm just juggling a thousand things, but like, it's been good. Uh, cluttered really, over the holiday we didn't play a ton of shows last year we played a few we didn't get a chance to tour as much as we wanted to we toured to puza we had opened for propaganda and then played puza fest and we had intended to do more but like life kind of got in the way a little bit and it wasn't wasn't on me it was just it's like there was some stuff that came up and i was like okay like we can't do it we can't do it um that is going to change this year uh we already have plans in the works um but so in the process of moving to Ottawa, um, I was like, I need a band here. So I reached out to my pal, uh, my pals, Tony and Jeff, uh, Jeff, uh, a ton of those was in a band called Dogma is currently in a band called zoo man who are awesome. Like Jeff is great. Um, and Tony was in John Creedon and the flying hellfish and has his own band called precious failures, which, uh, I may be joining because why not <laughs> um and uh i was just like hey do y'all want to like play together do you want to do you want to do this uh and they were like yeah we're on board we've actually talked about being in a band together for a while and i was like cool what do you want the band to sound like because in my head i was like i kind of wanted to sound like wipers meets the marked men like i want to do something different than cluttered i want to do something that's a little more in line with like i like all like I like a lot of genres of music and I like a lot of the subgenres of punk. And so it's like, Oh, this is like, 
you know, I, I just wanted something different and they were on board. So I sent them four songs. And then six days after I had relocated, um, we had our first jam. So uh, that band kind of was picking away at stuff. We did a five song EP that came out on Dirt Cults, uh, Dirt Cult Records in August, I believe, um, called Welcome to the Party. Uh, it's the whole thing was conceptualized, like conceptualized, practiced, rehearsed, like rehearsed, recorded, released within six months. So it was just like, yeah, it was very like fast. And so I have a full length written for crisis party. We've got uh, a cool plan for next year to do like a covers EP. We're doing a thing called the pill sessions. The pill sessions are very much like crisis party kind of falls into the like capital P punk stuff a little bit. Like we're going to play with like the punkier bands instead of the more like anthemic, like poppier bands. Um, but like we can fit kind of wherever and the pill session is this cool thing where there's a studio at hull which is like very close to ottawa it's like just over a bridge and they give us a weekend to record essentially 15 minutes of music which in our case is six to eight songs so <laughs> like why not why not do that thing and then have another release like like almost on the one year anniversary of like us being a band is the weekend that we're going to do it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the timeline up till now, like that was cluttered starting and cluttered is still doing stuff and busy. And like we recorded over the holidays, uh, six new cluttered songs, which are going to come out. Yeah. Um, it started off as two, and then due to flight delays became six. <laughs> um, and so we have a two song EP coming out sometime. We're aiming for March, but it kind of depends because we're getting somebody different to mix it. And it kind of depends on the timeline that they take. Um, that's uh, going to be called two tracks before the breakdown. Uh, so that's going to come out March, hopefully, if not March, probably April. Um we also have a split with uh, the Flying Hellfish, which is a Canadian band that John Creedon fronted. Their uh, their last their debut record came out on Dead Broke, um, and it's great. It's like uh, ADD Records worship, like very anthemic. John's songs are awesome. Like the song Nailbiter is like one of the hands down like one of the best songs I've ever heard. And like, we actually, we played a show in November and John lives in Lewisburg now. John used to live in Ottawa and Future Girls, my old band toured with, uh, toured with the Hellfish. And I was like, Hey John, if we cover Nailbiter, like if Cluttered covers Nailbiter, do you want to come sing it? And he's like, yeah, totally. And so we did it. And it was just like, you could see like video footage of it and we're all smiling and just having like a fucking blast. And it's so good. Um, and so we're going to do a split. Uh, it'll be the first new Hellfish material since an EP they recorded before the pandemic. Oh, nice. Which is cool. Uh, I believe the working title for that is Mired. It's going to be a, a split, two songs each. Um, and then the other clear thing that is like set in stone is a two song EP called Stranded in YHZ, 
which is pretty self-explanatory because I was stranded in Halifax. Halifax, uh, why I said is the uh, airport code for, for Halifax. Um, so I was stranded in Halifax for like seven days or something over the holidays. So um, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to write a song and it starts <laughs> off and it's very like, you know, every day is kind of the same repeating bullshit over and over again and then the course is like oh i'm i'm stuck here i can't do anything and then the bridge is basically a love song and then it ends with whatever it ends with i'm very excited for people to hear this song but i really covered all my bases where it's just like maddie said maddie's being reflective oh maddie's love struck like great let's let's go with that um but it's all very like you know, it's all steeped in loneliness, unfortunately. Um, uh, he posts as Oklahoma Lefty on, like, Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Uh, his actual name is escaping me right now. Um, but he did a year-end review, and Transgender Dystopia Blues was on it. And oh, nice. he said something to the effect of nobody exemplary, uh, exemplifies uh, loneliness better in modern punk rock than Maddie Grace. And I, I like have really latched onto that because it wasn't intentional. I didn't intentionally, like, I don't intentionally write sad songs, but I think I'm just deep down, like, kind of a sad person. So it just kind of comes out that way. Like, Transgender Dystopia Blues, which we put out in the fall on my birthday, which was to re it was a new song i hadn't written a new song in a while because i wrote us two full lengths worth of material and then i kind of burned out um but i wrote a new song which is take me away which is the the first song on the ep and then rusted bike lock and dysphoria city limits are re-recordings of some of my solo material and then we did a weaker dance cover because a killer uh, weaker dance cover Thank you. We uh, we took the idea of doing it like like a, like a really meshed up way, like a meshed together way of doing like the speed and the like urgency of the propaganda version of it. But then like all of the you, words. I was going to ask you this. Yeah, uh, all of the words and the like leads and and all of the like the melodicism of the weaker dance version so we very like it's very much like kind of being like mushing them together the original pick for weaker dance cover was wellington's wednesday uh Ooh. wednesdays because that's that uh the fire door never leave open yeah i was like those are my suggestions and then we were like what if we do anchorless and i was like oh, okay we can do anchorless like that sounds fun it's a class i'm uh, feeling it's a classic yeah, it's a classic. It's the kind of thing like if they were to reunite, they probably wouldn't play. <laughs> um, so now, there's... now, do you do you have a preference? I feel like it's the weaker than's version. Do you have a preference one over the other? Like, if you were to throw that song on right now, which one oh, would you put on? Weaker than's. Weaker like, than. I was. I, I was literally. That. I was literally learning a weaker than song before we started this interview. <laughs> I was like there. That's their their like big influence with like I love how poetic John K. Sampson is. I love the way that like I can't listen to the Virtue the Cat songs or Virtue. I cry. 
I fucking I cry. I can't. I fucking cry. And then the one that's on Winter Wheat, that's like the epilogue song, is just like. Nope, nope. Don't. I don't listen. I know what's gonna happen. I know what's yeah. gonna. If I listen to that song, I know what's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, oh, sometimes you need to cry. And I was like, yeah, but do you need to cry like that? Like, yike. Um, but no, like, love the weaker than's propaganda are a sick band. I'm really happy that I got to open the. We got to chat with them a bit. They were all super kind and like really uh, cool, like cool people. Um, but the like soft girl in me is very like oh the singer songwriter writing about cats and paintings and like your butt missing your bus like that's that's my shit like in the process of doing all of the cluttered stuff and the crisis party stuff um i've been working on a bunch of solo material as well uh there's a solo full length in the works um damn that has a couple working titles. It's kind of like a '90s emo meets a 2010s power pop record. I kind Ooh. of tried to see if you could smash those two things together. Um, and some of it I is, like yeah, some of it is like some of the best, like some of the coolest songs like I've ever written that I'm really proud of. But they don't make sense for Cluttered, and they don't make sense for Crisis Party. So I had to do them as a solo thing. You know, for you, sorry, just real quick, like going off that, because I mean, again, like you're so prolific and you're writing all these different things. And I mean, some things work for this band, some work for this. You almost seem like someone who if you write, you write some stuff and it doesn't fit in this box or this box. Fuck it. Let's make let's make another one. Let's fit A, B. Let's go for C. Let's just create something. (laughs) I mean, that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of it. Like mostly mostly it fits into like three or four boxes but like becca from cluttered and i have a hardcore project called gross uh we put out a demo last year on an east coast label that's that's like highly reputable that i i really like so like sometimes i'll just write hardcore riffs and be like okay this is a gross song or like if i'm fucking around i know pretty quick if it's like a cluttered song or a crisis party song or a century egg song or or whatever like i know i know pretty quick where stuff lands which i i don't know how i developed that skill uh i'm i'm uncertain of how that happened um but yeah it's it's the kind of thing where like if i started writing you know songs in a very specific particular vein that didn't fit like if i started writing like skate punk songs or something i'd be like i guess i gotta start a skate punk band that's never going to happen but (laughs) i couldn't think of any genre i was just like what's something that like doesn't work for cluttered and doesn't work for crisis party and i was like oh palm mutes and like kick flips You're gonna look like a real hypocrite when you come back at the end of the year end of in december uh promoting the new maddie grace skate punk record uh listen it's not hypocrisy if you know you give yourself if you're gentle with yourself you can avoid being a total hypocrite also if that's what i'm a hypocrite about great like if <laughs> that's point. if that's if that's the thing like it's like oh maddie i guess you did do the skate punk record and it's like i guess i did like, just be real judgmental the entire interview hmm look, look what you did yeah, look what you did. Oh, great. It's like a dog. You're just like shoving my nose in it. You'd be like, hey, do you remember your skate punk ago? record? Yeah, here's your skate punk record. Oh, my God. I would rather uh, just not do that. I would rather just write like a thousand sad girl acoustic songs than like ever try to figure out how to go like 
palm mute, like little chug, dead stop, skate punk beat. Like I, I don't care. I don't want to do any of that. So that it says one. I, I think we've made it clear that it that is one a uh, genre sound you will not see, Maddie. Uh, you know, go go down. That's not an avenue you will go down. It would be very surprising. Yeah, it might be the kind of thing where, like, if I did something like that, maybe somebody should check in on me. <laughs> like, maybe. Um, but yeah, so for solo stuff, uh, there's that full length, which has like has a working title, but I'm kind of like, um. I'm not entirely settled on it, so I'm just going to keep that one kind of close to the chest until I figure it out. But uh, on Christmas Eve, because Christmas is hard, um, I was reminiscing about an old band I was in called Fat Stupids, and we used to play Christmas shows all the time. We would do like live full band punk rock karaoke and like all sorts of stuff. And we had a song that we never finished recording or never recorded. But I remember the majority of it. And then I was like, I'll just write a new ending and we'll do this. And Dylan and I'll do a garage song. And then I wrote a second song because I always write things in pairs usually. Um, and that's going to come out very, very, very soon. Uh, I was hoping to have Masters for You already, but uh, it's it's going to take a, it's going to probably be the Bandcamp Friday in February. Um, oh, nice. It's going to be called Start, Stop, Repeat. It's two songs in two minutes and 30 seconds. Um, nice. Yeah, the second Garage song, uh, I talk so fast it sounds like I'm rapping. I do my best Brendan Kelly at the end of this Garage song where I'm just like, because I like, I love the Lawrence Arms and I listen to that band probably more than, it's like Lawrence Arms and Reviver are like the bands I listen oh, to yeah. more than more than almost any other band. Like to the point where it probably annoys some people who are close to me. Um, <laughs> but like if I'm feeling bad and I, you know, I find comfort in something, I'm just going to like enjoy the thing I find comfort in. Um, so, yeah, I do my best, best Brendan Kelly on that. And then uh, Tarantula Tapes, which is a label in Barrie, Ontario, has agreed to release right before Christmas. I wrote an acoustic EP. Uh, because, uh, a person in my life went, I like the acoustic songs. How come you don't do that as much anymore? And I was like, okay, I'll show you. I'll do it. And then I hyper-focused for three days and wrote an acoustic EP. And that was what I was working on today was I replaced one of the songs, uh, one of the songs on the acoustic EP we recorded as a full band cluttered song. And I was like, I don't want to release these two so close together. So I wrote, I wrote a new one and now the whole a side of this tape is going to be seven minutes long. It's four acoustic songs in seven minutes. Um, and Tarantula Tapes is going to release this new one and my last solo acoustic EP, which was called Dysphoria City Limits, as a single tape in April. Um, the new one is called The Breakdown of Progress. So it'll be The Breakdown of Progress, Dysphoria City Limits. And then that's that'll exist in April. So like, solo stuff there's the garage songs because they're just garage punk songs and they're fun uh i uh we dylan the drummer for cluttered plays drums on the solo songs on the garage songs and it was literally like i was like 
uh, he's like, how do you want this to sound? And I was like, have you ever listened to Dark Thoughts? He's like, no. And I was like, just make it sound like Dark Thoughts, because that's another band that I've been listening to all the time. They're they're incredible. Um, and it's just like 16th notes on a hi-hat, like very, like very, very fast. And he's like, oh, I'll try my best. And like what he did is great. It's a great approximation of that. Um, so that's kind of all the solo stuff until I inevitably write another solo thing because I can just do those myself. Like I don't need to coordinate with other people if I'm feeling like I don't, um, I used to journal. I used to journal all the time. And then I just, I kind of had a really intense invasion of privacy. So I don't, uh, I don't journal anymore, but I noticed that when I stopped journaling, I just started writing more songs. So uh, everything is a little autobiographical, if not wrapped in metaphor. Um, and so that's kind of the extent of the solo stuff. And then Cluttered has at least four releases this year. Uh, Weekend Dads is going to have potentially a release, maybe Century Egg. Um, I joined a D-beat band called Zeal. Zeal's going to have a release this year. Uh, Gross is going to do another demo. I don't know. Uh, and the more that I say, I reflect back to like November. And in November, I was like, I'm just going to work on these like full lengths. I'm not going to keep just like putting out EPs all the time and I was like they're pretty digestible and they're fun and you can get them done kind of quick and they're cheaper to do because when you pay for mixing and mastering and you don't have label support like it makes it a little more cost effective to just put out like cascading things um and so yeah it's just like I was like I'm gonna focus on these these three things or four things and then december hit and it's just like oh my god i'm gonna have like 15 releases this year unintentionally i mean like, does that get overwhelming or does that is that not even a thought like do you not think about that part i mean because in my eyes I, i'm not even you and i'm being overwhelmed for you yeah the if i think about it too hard or i say it out loud like i'm like completely overwhelmed uh <laughs> completely like just kind of like, oh, uh, it would be really dope if somebody wanted to like help take the reins a little bit and like not in the creative process, but just like supporting an artist in a way that they can like live to keep doing this. Because I'm going to do it regardless, but also I'm working two jobs and bouncing kind of living in two places at once and like doing all of these things. And it's just like, it just reminds me that it's like, no wonder nobody wants to really date me. Like, like I'm never around. I'm constantly doing stuff. I'm just like making music all the time. I'm a little mad scientist. Um, yeah, you would think you would have no time for anything else with the music, but you're right. I mean, you still have a life to yeah, like, juggle during all of this. But I have like, I have all the time in the world because I make time. For, like, I just, uh, I say I have all the time in the world. Um, I just like don't sleep a lot and then like i'll sleep a whole bunch to like catch up for it so like you know while you're working on stuff you just like don't sleep and you're doing all sorts of stuff or you get like four hours of sleep a night or something and then like after about a month of that it's like okay i'm gonna take three days and just sleep for three days and then just like hibernate and be kind of a piece of shit and like order pizza and just like not just like not take care of myself but also take the best care of myself because that's what I have to do to sustain this. Yeah. 
No, that, that definitely makes sense. Like, also, like for you, I mean, with that, just writing, writing, and being such a prolific writer, and obviously writing all the time. I mean, were you like that from the get go? Like, I'm talking way in the beginning of you writing songs. Like, from the, no, you you didn't start out just writing prolifically. That was there like a moment that you remember? It's like, oh shit! Like you just you jumped into the writing part of it all. Um. So it took me a while to figure out how to write songs. Uh, my first band, much like most people's first bands, was like not great. And then we had a lineup change and we got better because we just wanted to sound like Enemy U and D4. But nice. I like didn't know how to write songs like that. I didn't, I didn't know how to deconstruct something I liked to reconstruct it in a way that felt authentic to me. Um, and so... It took me a long time. It wasn't until I was in Fat Stupids that I started writing all the time because we would practice like three times a week and play shows constantly and like do all sorts of stuff. Like we had a CD in Japan and a seven inch on Rad Girlfriend. Um, we were one of the we were like number six of Rad Girlfriend's releases or something like it's very like like early old shit. Like they have had so Josh and Brandy are wonderful and I've like done so much like in the meantime, like since. Um, but it wasn't really until Fat Stupids that I really figured out how to write songs. And a big part of it came when I started learning how to home record, um, because I would always be like, oh, I think this riff is cool, but I don't know how to like put words on top of it, or I don't know how to get my cadence right. Like I could always sing and play at the same time. Like I learned pretty early on as a musician that like, I'm not going to be a shreddy musician. There's no part of me that is like, I'm going to sit and practice scales or I'm going to do that. Like that's just in, I'm just like a songwriter. That's more so where I, where my strengths lie. Um, and so with that, uh, it took me a minute to figure it out. And the first song that I ever remember being like super happy with and like thinking I nailed it is a song called summertime. It's a fat, stupid song. It's online. Um, there used to be uh, an Italian message board or like angel fire page or whatever called uh, Ramon to the bone. And somebody on Ramon to the bone said it was uh, an instant classic in the pop punk genre. And I was like, it was like a really nice ego stroke because like every fat stupid had two singers, myself and, and Craig, the other person. Um, but everybody liked Craig's bands more and Craig's songs more and all that stuff. And then there was a shift at one point where people started really liking what I was doing. So that was like pretty validating. And then when Fat Stupids broke up, uh, I formed Future Girls and I wrote, a, I was writing a lot. Like for that first Future Girls full length, which I believe is 12 songs, there were five more contenders and then the EP we put out last year, like year long winter, I'd been sitting on that song for like four years. Oh, damn. So like the other four, like ghost defeat, repeat fever and cross streets were all written like during COVID lockdown, but year long winter was like, this is a demo from a song that I think is really good and we should revisit it. And it was just like the nature of that band. We never really had a chance to like, we were constantly dealing with lineup changes. So we were always teaching people new songs instead of working on stuff. And like, uh, just like, it was just kind of hard. Um, and so after a few girls, I started performing solo. And when I was performing solo, 
that was when I started being really prolific. And then lockdown, like I was on tour when COVID happened, like Designosaur, the band that Becca and AJ and uh, our pal Sean, who's going to drum on my solo full length. Um, we were on tour together and then COVID hit and it, everything went to shit and we were locked in. And then I just started writing. Like I was living in like not a great living situation. I was living with a partner I had broken up with for reasons that were like not great. Like not great in the sense that it was like, oh, I shouldn't have broke up with him. Like, no, I should have because the situation was really bad. So I would lock myself in the office every day and just write songs. And that's how I have a project called Modern Cynics. There might be a Modern Cynics release this year as well. I have one in the can. Uh, there's supposed to be a split. I just don't know if the other side of the split ever got done. So like that's just sitting there. Um, but like Modern Cynics, all the solo stuff, all the cluttered stuff has all just like cascaded from there. And a lot of it is like trial and error. It's like figuring out what works and playing around with it a little bit. And now I'm trying to explore. I tend to write like the music before I'll write the lyrics. And now I'm trying to explore writing the lyrics and then write music with it to kind of keep me interested and figure out how I can do that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a trip. Yeah. I, uh, so I've not always been a prolific writer. It's only really been in the last like four years. That's amazing. I, I think you've yeah. done a damn good job developing it, though. I gotta, I gotta Thank say, you. with with that, I mean, writing, writing so much. Are you? Because like, I think on the music side, there's a lot of like talking about like, you know, fine tuning things, or do you go with like, you know, that first initial idea with lyrics and writing as much as you do? I mean, is there a lot of you know reworking and kind of analyzing and kind of shaping it together? Or is it more of you will you will write the you know you'll write the lyrics to the song and they kind of stay they kind of stay to what they originally were like you know you know what I mean is there a lot of fine tuning yeah. of the lyrics really depends uh, sometimes I nail it right away and I'm like nothing needs to be changed and sometimes it's like the i the idea and the concept is there but like I have to massage it a little bit to like make it fit um, or sometimes I realize that I'm like ah oh, I've just used a lot of double negatives and I like need to. <laughs> to try and sprinkle some like grammar dust on top of this and like not sound like uh the way i sound um and like musically it kind of depends on the project crisis party i'll come with like a completed song and then we'll like nuance it a little bit so it'll be like what do you want for drums oh do you have an idea like that kind of stuff uh cluttered is very like I'll go to Dylan and show him the whole idea. And then he'll be like, well, what if I had this? And what if I had this? And I was like, how about you add one of those things? And we kind of like co-produce a lot of the stuff. And then we'll bring in Becca and AJ and get everything to, to be all smoothed out. But like lyrically, like of the new songs that I've been writing, like the, the garage punk songs the start stop repeat ep that's going to come out in february is like that was a like i stream of consciousness wrote that out and what it was lined up perfectly with what it needed to be and then like some of the cluttered stuff needed a little bit of like massaging and work but like the themes are still the same like the the theme and the feeling is still is still there is still like you know, the point I'm trying to make is still the point I'm trying to make. 
that same message is there from the beginning. I mean, it's just kind of yeah, tweaking the little, exactly. the little things. You know, kind kind of with that, like you know, with writing with writing lyrics, I feel like sometimes people have their like. Do you have any specific things that like I guess hurdles or pain pain in the ass when you're writing lyrics of like like I don't know for me like I write lyrics sometimes like second verses have always been hard for me. Again, it's second verse. Like, is there any specific things about writing songs? Writing a bridge, an intro, that second verse, or the first verse. Is is there one that you generally is like that is always like the biggest hurdle to get through a song for you personally? Uh finding a chorus I like. Finding <laughs> a chorus because I'm really bad for being like uh verse one, verse two, or verse one pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge done like that's kind of like how i really i really enjoy songs that are structured that way and like i can nail a bridge i you know you got to go a little bit off the beaten path and tell a story i can do that it's when it's like oh this course is bad like i need to make this not be like i'm also my own worst critic so like if i'm you know doing it and i'm like I'm unsure. I'm uncertain. Like going back to it is always kind of like, let's massage this a little bit and make it, make it better. Um, a good course is hard. Sometimes I have it. Sometimes like the course will just pop in, but usually like verses are pretty solid. Bridges are pretty solid. Uh, I'm very bad for, um, uh, one of the songs on the acoustic EP that's coming out in April it's this song called tangled in strings and i was hanging out with uh i was hanging out with my pal Alyssa, and Alyssa's like an awesome songwriter and like great like great vocalist and like very cool so we were just like playing guitar and i was like i have this i have these lyrics i want to try and like come up with something and i literally i had two verses a course and an outro and I wrote the chorus and then the outro together. And then I was like, how am I going to start this song? And then I wrote what I thought was the second verse. And then I kept trying to like fit things in for the first verse. And she's just like, Maddie, that's a whole song. Like you don't need to add anything else. And so the song is now a minute and 20 seconds long. And it's, I'm really stoked on it. It's pretty cool. Cut all the fat out. You just have what yeah. you need. Like, you just have what you need it's, for a good song. It's just economy. It's just like being <laughs> economical with like, and like uh that's that's kind of like the only like songwriting advice i could ever give to anyone like not that i'm you know i'm prolific and i i do the thing i do but like if somebody was like well how do you write songs and i would just be like don't overthink it and also get to the point because like it doesn't matter what genre of music you're playing if you can like like make things as economical and like concise and like impactful like that's super super useful like i wish somebody would have told me to be like not every song needs everything like <laughs> you kind of figure it out yourself and then you're like oh you know if i play everything that's in this song if we play this super fast it's like two minutes long that's a perfect length like covers all the bases great but like Sometimes it's like, okay, why is this song three minutes long? Like, I don't write a lot of those super long songs. Like, those are super long for me as like a three minute long song. Uh, and I think part of it 
like reflecting on it might be attached to like a vulnerability thing because like I really like short songs. I have ADHD. I live with neurodivergencies. I like short songs. I just do. Um, and so when it comes time to like flesh things out or try to make them interesting or whatever, it's very, um, it's just like kind of tricky. It's kind of tricky to be like, oh, this part we could slow down or this part we could do this. And I'm just like, well, we could also end it. We could just stop the song. And then like, it's like, yeah, but don't you have more to say? And I was like, I've already talked about my feelings for two minutes. Do we really want to hear another minute of me talking about my feelings? Like how many metaphors for death can I fit into another minute? Like, what do you, what do you want from me? There, there is though. I think there's an importance to that as a, as a musician. Cause I think sometimes yeah, people overthink it or also the same thing where they go, you have to know all these things to write a song when it's like, not really like there is some truth to like three, you know, can you play three chords over it? You know I mean? Some decent lyrics yeah. or melody or something. Maybe don't throw a bunch of extra bullshit on it. Maybe that will ruin it. If you overthink it, you know, I mean, uh, it'll forever go back to, I spent 10 years where the Ramones were my favorite band. So it'll forever go back to, Oh, how, simple how pared down can you make something and have it still be like maybe the best song you've ever heard oh, like being yeah. like in your early 20s and hearing commando and you're like what or like today your love tomorrow the world or even some of the covers like you know do you want to dance and and stuff you're like they're just like they're so economical and they're so perfect and they're just like these snapshots and then like you know, you can't, you can't really fuck with that. Like, there's a reason why they influenced, like, there's literally a whole genre of bands who literally just want to sound Ramones core. Like, they just, they just want to fucking, they're like, oh, if we could really nail that set, that warthog tone, you're like, you could just not like you could have those influences and then do other cool things with them but yeah you'll never be the ramones you'll never no, no one will ever be the fucking ramones but you're no. absolutely you're absolutely right and like also it's like you can't it, it's almost a thing you can't teach someone because you can be that like amazing musician who solos your ass off and knows all your scales and this and that you may you you may not be able to write a ramones song you probably can't like it's you really probably can and something i bring up not i bring it up ever since i talked to him but jean bouvoir who produced uh animal boy and then later on did some stuff on like brain drain he uh like now when he plays live like he'll play stuff from his catalog and he'll do ramon songs and stuff but he'll play with like berkeley musicians he'll get these people who come in and play like you know technical kind of hard rock metal shit he's like let me tell you try to get those people to play a ramon song right they fucking butcher it Every time they cannot play a remote, they will play the craziest solos, the wildest things you've ever seen. Make that motherfucker play Blitzkrieg Bop or something. Can't do it. In he, they will it's, destroy it. It's really funny because, like, I, so like I, people will have have come up to me and been like, "Oh, you're, you know, you're a good guitar player," and like I consider myself to be a total hack because like literally like depending on the band what i'm doing is very like it's pretty simple at its core like it's it's not like too galaxy brained but like i can downpick like a motherfucker i was in a 
I was in a Ramones tribute band. I was Johnny. Uh, I like, we used to study footage and nail it. And we were like, we were really good. And like, I can still do it. I can still just be like, oh, down pick, down pick, down pick, down pick. And then like, get the feel of it. But like, I can imagine how hard it is for somebody who's like, maybe they've been playing music their entire life. Maybe they've been playing music since they were four. And like, they only, you know, they only know music and the construct of music instead of knowing music and the construct of songs or knowing music and the construct of feelings because, like, all of those things are, like, attached. Like, yes, the structure of something can evoke something, but, like, it's all supposed to evoke a feeling. You're supposed to feel something when you're listening to music, right? Like, um, I can't imagine ever being in music school because I feel like they would just be like, there is no way you're going to ever be able to play jazz standards. And I was like, I know that's why I didn't go to music school. Like there's no, there's no chance of that happening unless like I get really into like later era black flag in the next like six months or something. And then I'm just like, Oh, jazz. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm waiting for that hybrid skate punk slash later era weird black flag Maddie Grace solo record. Yeah, the album cover would just be a weed leaf and then me on fire beside it. There's an apology on I I was just stoned. Like I'm sorry for the just an apology on the back for this album. I've already put out records that have literally been made like done by me just being like high as shit on mushrooms and weed. So like some of the best shit. If, some of the best shit and like if that's if that's how that comes out of me and it comes out the way that it does i'm really like satisfied and cool with that um if i ever start sounding like greg ginn not on purpose or in a cover band then there's a problem i do just have to say though i love the idea of you having like a spiritual awakening on mushrooms that skate punk is the genre that you need to <laughs> <laughs> like that is that's the oh. awakening on mushrooms is that skate punk is like the greatest genre. Oh my god. No, I've done uh I've done my uh I've done my share. I don't think I'm gonna have any sort of spiritual awakening of that effect right now. Uh it would have happened like five years ago. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're just gonna like you're gonna hit me up every like three weeks being like, so you have that awakening yet? I'm man. What is it? I'm manifesting this into. I'm making this reality. I'm going. I'm going to take the credit for when you release that skate punk weird jazz black flag album. You can. You can release it. You can fucking start your own label and put it out. I'm going to get a loan for this shit. I'm taking a loan out for this. This is how dedicated yeah, I am. You're so Turn dedicated to this terrible idea that you're like. I'm going further into like, debt. Yeah. Why is this meandering solo sound like a kickflip? I don't know. Oh my yeah, I mean I don't know. Works works for me. I'm excited for that. Okay, great. But I mean, I'm sorry I'm sorry to inevitably disappoint you. That's all right. We have enough good stuff coming out from you this year. That's all right. Yeah. There there's enough to make up for it. It's yeah. uh I was trying to think of it earlier. I mean, you basically have releases it seems like once a month almost coming up. Am I am I I'm if I'm putting it together, right? I mean, basically, while people are listening to this like each month you got something coming out with Maddie Grace on it. Yeah. 
that was that was not fully intentional but like probably january like excluding january there's probably going to be at least one thing come out every month for the next 11 months and like that that is only gonna compound on itself at some point and like there'll be more so yeah, i know it's like, uh, it's like you're not gonna write during the year it's not like you're like well i'm not gonna write music while i'm releasing this stuff oh no i'm writing while i'm doing it like it's just like oh this is the plan okay and then i'll fucking <laughs> go go mad scientist on it well nice i mean for uh and and we'll play we'll play a ton i feel like i mean we'll play cluttered but we got to play we're gonna play a couple different things like from yeah. your catalog like here in a second but like you know as we kind of like close this out i mean for one actually before we get to like finding music and stuff shows any shows coming up with any of your bands that people should be on the lookout for you know i mean listening yeah. to this if that's the area um there's uh that jogs my memory there's uh there's a cool there's a cool thing coming up that i can't totally announce yet uh that's gonna be really exciting and that's gonna be in june um cluttered uh crisis party is doing a west coast tour of canada in april um so crisis party cluttered cluttered is playing in march in halifax or tentatively is playing in march in halifax um Zeal's going to start playing shows. Century Egg might be playing shows at the end of January. So like I've got I've got some shows coming up, but there's a big there's a big one this year and I'm really really excited for it and it's happening in June and as soon as it comes up, everybody's going to know about it and it's going to be pretty sick. Um the dream is to like get to go play fest, right? Like yeah. If if anybody from Fest is listening and wants Cluttered to go play Fest, like we'll we'll do that. But I think it's kind of a hard get where we don't have an American label and like you know, there's like I played Fest with Weekend Ads, but like we never got invited back, so I don't know if there's something at play there that I'm not a hundred percent certain of. Uh, I just know that I would really like to go do that. I would like you on fest. I was just talking to someone yesterday how I've somehow never been. I feel like that's a good excuse to go. Same year. Yeah. People people run fest. You'll get me to buy a ticket. You'll get cluttered on the bill. I mean, win-win. Every Could everybody. Yeah, we need to be fun. Need, on, you know, on top of that though, talking about, you know, because again, yeah, like you were saying, I mean, there's stuff under wraps. Obviously, you can't announce everything yet. So that means people have to follow you online. Where do we where do we find Maddie Grace online? Where should everyone go follow you? So for Instagram, uh, it's at Maddie Disgrace. Uh, my last name is Grace Disgrace. There. Great joke. Good job. Um, and on Instagram as well, it's at Cluttered Band and at Crisis.Party. Um, and on Twitter, it's uh, at Maddie Disgrace and at Cluttered Band. So like, if you find if you find me on Instagram, you can find the list of all of the bands and the other stuff I've done. Uh, you can also talk to me because I'm on my phone constantly and pretty anxious and like to talk to new people. So find Maddie on there, and then music. Where do we? Uh, I feel like most of your stuff is on Bandcamp. I mean, I feel like most stuff you're yeah. on. Yeah, uh, everything's everything's on Spotify and Apple Music, but like Bandcamps are the ones like MaddieGrace.Bandcamp.com, Cluttered.Bandcamp.com, Crisis Party bandcamp.com like it's pretty like name of band bandcamp.com 
uh Bandcamp's shit it's the only thing that like kind of keeps like it's like selling t-shirts like people will support you in a way that like streaming just doesn't support you like it blows uh, my mind people don't do Bandcamp. Yeah, there's a Crisis Party song uh, on the EP. It's about uh, trans life expectancy. So very like upbeat, peppy song. But it's a minute long and it has something like 40,000 Spotify plays. Um, the rest of the EP has like 400 and then this one has 40,000. And I don't understand why or what or whatever. Wow. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's like $40. <laughs> yeah, that's that is extremely sad when you actually start thinking the reality of it. Yeah, it's I mean, like, it's probably less than $40. I just pulled a number out of my ass. But yeah, you're being yeah, you're being kind of generous there to Spotify saying they're giving you $40, which yeah. probably adjusts that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's probably more like I'll make them sound too generous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely what Spotify is known for, for their generosity. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, band, band camp all the way. I always tell people that. It, it blows my mind when I interview people and their stuff's not on there. I try to lecture them and go, you should probably have that on band camp. And yeah, oh, don't. It's don't great. Yeah, it's the, all it's all very funny. The only downside to band camp and if band camp was also listening, um, they had a playlist function. You Ooh. buy the album and you can take the songs and make playlists out of the songs. I'd be there's into that. So much, there's so much good shit that has come out this year and last year. Or like, I guess, last year because 2022. That's only on Bandcamp. Uh, there's a band from Montreal called Uzu. I will give Uzu a shout out. They are incredible. Like, such a cool band. Uh, there's a band called Peeve. Peeve put out one of my favorite demos of last year. And like, you can only find them on Bandcamp. Like, they're not... They're not even playing the game. They're not even playing the Spotify game. They're not doing it. Um, and so it's just like, oh, I'd really like to have a playlist where I could like put Puffer and Peeve and Uzu songs all on it. And it's just like, eh. We need that. Yeah, we do. We do. Fest people and Bandcamp people, if you're listening, do it. Listen. Listen yeah. to what we're saying. I'm an ideas girl. I'm an ideas lady. It's fine. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, you gotta you gotta yeah. listen to this. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, anything uh, as we close this out. I mean, have we missed anything else or anything else we should let people know or should we really get to the music? I don't think we've missed anything. Uh can I ask if you will you play the kitchen floor by the Broadways on this episode? Do, oh fuck yeah, we can do that. Hell we yeah. can easily do that. We can play anything, we can we can play something from every Brendan Kelly band known to man. We can do whatever whatever you want. Whatever I, you want. No, me I mean know. that's my that's my one request because every time you post the playlists and I look through them and I'm just like, oh yeah, like somebody else who loved the Broadways as much as I do. Like seeing I like that because I don't always get a lot of reaction. Like the Broadways isn't one I get a lot of reaction from. So when I get someone who also like goes, I see what you did, like I, I like that. So yeah. so good. It work it works for both. If yeah. you're if you're listening to the podcast, you will not get a Broadway song. But I'm still going to play some Maddie Grace for you. So, uh, I mean, podcast and radio show, if you're listening right now, we'll kick it off with uh, track one off Transgender Dystopia Blues. This is some music you can get right now. I know we're talking about stuff coming out. You can go grab this EP right now off Bandcamp. Here is Take Me Away right here on the Power Chord Hour.
right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. You just heard all of Cluttered's latest EP, Transgender Dystopia Blues. Now, I mean, that's their latest right now, but like you just heard Maddie said, there's going to be like four Cluttered releases this year. It is going to get crazy, but uh, yeah, you just heard the latest ones. You can go grab on the band's Bandcamp with all their other releases and uh, head on over to Bandcamp. I mean, depending when you're listening to this, you know, we're getting we're getting closer and closer to Bandcamp Friday. Maybe you're listening to this on a Bandcamp Friday, you know, later on in the future, but uh, on top of just cluttered, and I'm not going to lie, I'm pulling up her Instagram right now because I just, off the top of my head, I tried doing this on the radio show um, last week. I was actually, I played a cluttered song and I was trying to name off just off the top of my head all her bands and I couldn't, I, I did like half of them, but it's just easier and I've wasted enough of your time uh, trying to load her Instagram. It is now up. So, I mean, on top of cluttered, you got Crisis Party, the band Gross, Future Girls, Modern Cynics, Century Egg, and I believe she even mentioned like another band that uh, that she just joined, and I'm forgetting the name of that one, but I'm pretty sure that is not even in that list there. So, I mean, she is doing a lot, basically, basically a release for the rest of, I don't think anything this month, but starting next month, there's basically a release with Maddie Grace on it coming out every every uh, month, and I mean, that's just for the first half of the year. I mean, there's tons of stuff coming, and uh, yeah. Very, very prolific songwriter. I mean, really, there's so much. I know I just played you cluttered, but I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg. There's there's so much that she does. So, I mean, if you really, if you want, I mean, just for the sake of time, I kind of kept it to the EP. But I mean, if you want to hear more of her, uh, just like kind of the best of Maddie Grace, like her discography and going through her catalog on the radio show. Um, this Friday, I guess, dep- again, I guess depends when you're listening to this. I will tell you, I got to look up my calendar here, uh, Friday, January 20th. So if that hasn't passed yet, and then the replay on Tuesday, uh, January 24th, uh, we'll be airing this great, this, uh, interview with Maddie Grace. And I'm going to be playing ton. Like I'll be playing something from all of her bands, like not just cluttered. It'll, it will be like a little bit of everything. So it'll kind of like, we'll really go in cause we have three hours. I mean, on this, you know, I know we're, I know we're pushing like an hour 10 right now for sake of time. I don't want to put like, you know, seven songs on this episode, but, uh, if you want to hear, which again, if you don't want to wait for that either, just go to Bandcamp. I got the links below, you know, I, I was trying to remember all her bands, but I'll make sure that, uh, below like everything in the show notes, you know, you can easily get to Bandcamp and uh, grab her music. And a lot of it's pay what you what you can or want too. So I mean, throw a few bucks her way, and you know, on Bandcamp Friday, maybe throw more than a few bucks her way too. You know, I mean, it's insane the amount of music that's out there, and that she also has it up there for pay what you want. So I mean, it's also available if you can't afford it. You know, and she puts it all out there for us, and it's good stuff. So go check that out. Very uh, want to thank Maddie for coming back. A really fun time talking to her. I mean, it, it's really fun. When someone comes back, like for like multiple appearances, because by the second time, it's like it's just so laid back. Like, I mean, it was like catching up with an old friend, like before we even started. I think me and Maddie talked like a half hour or something before we even and afterwards, too, we uh, talked a bunch. So, I mean, it was just like one of those things where it was like you basically just caught like the middle of the conversation. You know what I mean? Like we talked for like a half hour. Then we hit record. We talked for an hour on record and then, you know, stopped recording, then talked for like, I don't know, however, however much longer. And uh, yeah, always, always 
always fun chatting with her. And uh, funny enough, I mean, first guest of the year, you know, a returning guest. And also next week, we have a returning guest to the show, Leo, of uh, the band Reminders, who put out my favorite record of last year. If uh, maybe, I hope I'm not spoiling anything. If you didn't listen to uh, last week's episode, my favorite records of 2022, my favorite was Reminders' Best, best of Beach Punk. And uh, the band's about to go on tour with uh, Lovebreakers, who put out one of my favorite records of 2021, and uh, also friends of the show. We've had them on. But uh, yeah, I had Leo on last year. He's coming back, and we're talking the tour. We're talking Best of Beach Punk. The uh, band is putting out a, a new record, or not new record, a new song, and uh, we'll be playing that. And uh, I have heard the song now. I didn't hear it when I interviewed him the other day. When I interviewed him, I hadn't heard the song yet, so it was really interesting to hear him describe a song I hadn't heard, and uh, now I've heard it, and it's really good stuff. And uh, and actually, we will if you tune into the radio show here, I'll entice you more to listen to uh, this week's radio show. But on top of playing all that music from Maddie Grace, the new reminder song will be coming out on the 20th so i'll be able to play it on the uh, radio show this week so if you tune in you'll hear tons of music from this week's guest and then you'll hear a new song from uh, next week's guest so uh, looking forward to it having uh, and leo was the same way you know i was talking about like maddie it was her second time and he was just kind of like catching up with an old friend it was the same thing with leo it was like we were like you know referencing our last conversation and like we we're just sitting there just talking and just you know, it re- to be honest, I mean, both of these, I feel like we're more like, I mean, I, the questions were in there. It was definitely, I would still consider them interviews, but uh, I, I like doing them more conversationally. If you can't tell, you know, I like it more like a laid back, just hour long conversation. And, uh, you know, we learn some shit about, you know, whatever the uh, artist is doing. But, um, you know, both of them very much just because I think, again, like very, you know, we, we, we've broken the ice, you know, there's, there's none of that. The first time you do an interview, if you don't really know one another first, it's like, like I'd never met Maddie. I actually, I never even talked to Maddie before we did our first interview because, uh, who, oh, Fab from, uh, talk show host, he booked the whole thing. So, I mean, I actually never talked to Chris or Maddie before that interview. So us getting on, uh, us getting on and doing that was the first time we ever met. And I mean, you know, we kicked it off right away, but still it's like, you know, you don't know each other. You're still, you know, I, I've heard her, I heard her music a little bit, but I was still pretty new to her music as well. I also, at that point, I don't think I realized how many bands she was in and, uh, you know, so you just kind of are starting to meet each other, but then it's like at the end, you just talk for like two hours. So it's like the next time you talk, plus, you know, we stay, we've stayed connected since then too. And it's like, you know, by that second time, it's like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, we know each other. There's no, there's no really weird, like formalities or trying to like, you know, get to know one another. It's like, yeah, we know each other. Like, I know you, like I play you on my radio show. We we've talked, you know, we've probably collectively talked for a few hours. So, uh, yeah, really fun interview this week. Next week's going to be really good too. And I know it cause our band recorded and, uh, yeah. So, for this week's episode of the Power Chord Hour, or really every week for uh, the Power Chord Hour, really, uh, go give us a follow at Power Chord Hour on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I mean, really, these links are all below. Same with uh, finding uh, Maddie's music and everything. But again, if you want to listen to that radio show, it'll be uh, Friday night, 8 to 11. It's our new time slot, 8 to 11 Eastern on 107.9 WRFA. And then the replay is Tuesdays, midnight to 3 Eastern. So that'd be uh, 9, yeah, that'd be 9 to midnight uh, Pacific time if you're on the West Coast. And uh, yeah. So if you want to check that out and you don't live in Jamestown, you can stream it on WRFALP.com. And we also have a great app if you, uh, and it's not for Android, only for uh, 
only for uh, iPhones, but if you go uh, to the App Store and just search WRFA, there's an app on there, and uh, you can stream you can stream the station live there as well. So mobile app or website, either way, you can listen live. And not just my show. There's tons of great shows. And I mean, I work I work for that radio station, so I mean, it's also not the only show I uh, host. But uh, it's really good stuff, and it's so eclectic. You get a little bit of everything, and I love it. I mean, I, that's what I love about it. It really feels like grown up college radio. Which is, and I kind of, I've kind of uh, always called WRFA that, and kind of the Power Chord Hour too. And it kind of pissed me off because there's a, uh, oh, I can't even think of the name, but I probably, I, I don't know, I'll talk some shit, but I guess I won't name them. But like, there's a radio station, I think either up in Buffalo or Niagara Falls, and uh, they play. I mean, which also is kind of bullshit though, because I think it's automated. There's zero DJs, which is fucking bullshit. I don't like that stuff. I mean, that's exactly why the radio industry is as fucked up as it is because of things like that. To- definitely not cool. I mean, you talk about automation fucking up an industry. But uh, anyway, they they play. I mean, actually, a lot of shit that we play. But um, I think their tagline is something like that. Like literally, what I've been what I've been saying on the air since 2016 when I started uh, doing the Power Chord Hour. How we're we're kind of like you know college radio, like grown up college radio. You know, it's still that freedom. It's still kind of playing whatever we want, but you know, we're no longer you know in college. You know, it's actually on the FM airwaves and and all that good stuff. But yeah, really fun. I uh, I don't know. I feel like I was ripped off. I don't know if I was. But I feel like I was. I don't know. You tell me. Email me, powercordhour at gmail.com. Tell me if I was ripped off. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, I think I'm out of things to say. I think at this point I've run out of uh, content for this episode if I'm uh, talking about thinking that I got ripped off by another radio station. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, next week we will have uh, Leo from Reminders on. Really looking forward to that one. Until then, for the Power Court Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.